0: hi there i'm cameron and i don't just read comics i love them on today's episode of cameron reads comics my friend kyle rice and i are going to go over green lantern rebirth by jeff johns and ethan van skyver this series is an excellent introduction to jeff johns's prolific unparalleled and legendary run on green lantern i'm so glad kyle and i got the chance to talk about it so Just a heads up, this story has a lot of continuity and stories that we reference, so we try our best, but sometimes we don't even understand what's going on. So this episode is unofficially sponsored by Comics Explained on YouTube. I couldn't have summarized this story without the help from him. For all of my comic book newcomers, if you want to understand other stories that you have questions about, go check out this page. It is a great resource to break down all of the continuity and Obviously, explain the comics that you're reading. This was my third time reading this story, and even I needed some help understanding all of the details. So, go check this out. It's awesome. As always, there are going to be significant spoilers ahead for Green Lantern Rebirth, so you have been warned. Remember to follow Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram to keep up with everything going on with us. And maybe go to iTunes and leave me a 5-star rating and review. Okay, now, here's your summary for Green Lantern Rebirth. Our story opens with a rocket ship crashing into Earth. A figure appears in the wreckage, telling two bystanders, Don't be afraid. This figure is Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern of Sector 2814. Carol Ferris stands among the graveyard that once shone as Coast City. The Ferris Airfield was where she grew up. Of all the abandoned planes, the one that stands out the most to her is the one that belonged to Hal Jordan, the second Green Lantern of Sector 2814, the fallen Green Lantern that succumbed to fear and became Parallax, and eventually sought to redeem his life by becoming the spirit of vengeance, the Spectre. Now, our story takes us to the Bronx. John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Hal Jordan are all meeting up to watch a baseball game. As they all sit down, random audience members in the field come up to Hal and start confessing their sins. Everyone starts flocking towards them. A man is embezzling money from his office space. Another committed adultery. Guy has cheated on his taxes. It gets to be too much and Hal disappears. During this, Hal Jordan's best friend, Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow, has an encounter with a classic Green Lantern villain, the Black Hand. The villain broke into Queen's space to steal a Green Lantern ring that Hal gave Ollie a long time ago. Immediately, Hal intervenes and delivers swift and terrifying vengeance on the intruder. He disintegrates the villain's hand. Green Arrow, the social justice crusader, does not like what he's seeing his best friend becoming. Hal apologizes and flees. Ollie picks up a green lantern ring that Hal gave him years ago in case of an emergency. Ollie thinks that this is a worthy emergency. Checking back in with John and Guy... The two are in front of a commemorative Hal Jordan statue and reminisce on Hal's fall from grace. Hal went from being the most heroic Green Lantern to becoming an embodiment of fear in Parallax. This all takes place during the DC event Zero Hour Crisis in Time. Despite all of this, John and Guy both look up to the legacy of Hal. Suddenly, Guy, who is currently known as Warrior, has a body spasm. A cannon comes out of his arm, which is totally a part of his power set, but it's out of his control right now, so it's super bad. Next, the story cuts to Coast City, and when an airplane flies by, they expect to look out the window and see ashes. This time, they're surprised to see that Coast City has been rebuilt. The Justice League rescues Guy Gardner to try and investigate what could have happened. They find out his alien DNA is currently rejecting his human DNA. Amidst all of the destruction surrounding them, one thing remains unscathed, the statue of Hal Jordan. Batman thinks that Hal's transformation from Parallax to the Spectre was part of a larger plan. And Batman thinks that the real Hal Jordan is back and he's bringing the past with him. Across the world, Kyle Rayner is healing back into shape. An alert from his ring vocalizes fatal news. Parallax is coming. Meanwhile, Carol Ferris wakes up back at the same Ferris aircrafts she was at earlier, but to her surprise, this one is an entirely new place. Hal reconstructed this entire space from his mind. Hal tells Carol that he's afraid of his own willpower right now. The Justice League appears and tries to convince Hal to stop using his powers. Jon Stewart suddenly freaks out and blasts everyone. When Superman tries to calm him down, John blasts Clark in the eyes. Among the wreckage, John's ring declares that Parallax is coming. On the Watchtower, members of the Justice League bring aid to the still-injured Guy Gardner. Green Arrow reaches in his pocket and holds a ring that Hal gave him, and suddenly it duplicates itself and flies onto Gardner's hand. A bright light flashes, the ring declares that Parallax is coming, and Guy becomes healed and back into his Green Lantern suit. The book flashes back to Kyle Rayner as he wakes up to the Green Lantern trainer and resident pooser, Kilowog. But this isn't the normal Kilowog. Kilowog starts to fire on Kyle to get him to use his ring. Suddenly, Ganthet, a guardian of Oa, appears, and he and Kilowog get into an all-out brawl we find out that Kyle has been sent to Earth with the coffin containing Hal Jordan's body as Parallax. What does this mean? This means the current Hal Jordan we are seeing isn't the original. It's the Spectre. In Hal Jordan's body, he's not only fighting with the spirit of vengeance, the Spectre, that has already been taking things too far, he's also fighting within Parallax himself. Parallax is the entity of fear that caused Hal to go rogue in the events of Emerald Twilight and Zero Hour Crisis in Time. Maybe you want to go back and check those out. They are some of my favorite comics ever. For some context, and for those that don't know Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, they fight fear using willpower. The willpower is what powers their rings in order to protect the universe. Parallax is the embodiment of fear, and fear is what is in opposition to willpower. If you're afraid, you can't use your will. This is where Parallax comes in. Parallax is the embodiment of what will be the Yellow Lantern Corps that is powered by fear. This makes them the greatest threat and greatest enemy of the Green Lantern Corps. Hal Jordan has history with Parallax because during the death and return of Superman arcs in the 90s, Hal Jordan's home coast city was destroyed by Mongol and Cyborg Superman. The ramifications of this event led Hal to be so grief-stricken, he tried to recreate his home by making the entirety of Coast City reconstructed with his ring. The Guardians of Oa, aka the ones who bestowed him with this power, do not support this decision. Hal lashes out at them and goes to war with the Lanterns. During this time, he was infected by Parallax and started a trademark DC crisis event known as Zero Hour Crisis in Time. All of this to say that when Hal finds himself in the newly reconstructed Coast City, he goes into his old apartment and he wonders who is responsible for all of this. He looks in his lantern to find his old self as Parallax, declaring that Hal did it himself with Parallax's help. Kyle Rayner flees the fight with Ganthet and Kilowog and heads to the Watchtower in space. He finds Green Arrow distraught and wounded after Guy Gardner's return to the Corps. When he's asked about what's happening in the core by Ollie, Kyle responds with the truth. He was on the other side of the galaxy and he found out about what Parallax has been up to. In the past, the Green Lanterns would keep Parallax at bay by placing him in their central power battery on the planet Oa. In the same ways that fear works against will, willpower works against fear. One day, Parallax wakes up and he's hungry. Parallax found Hal Jordan and infected him with fear. And then, once Coast City was destroyed, Parallax found a perfect foothold within Hal Jordan and he used him to help destroy the core. Now, Parallax is still living within Hal and they don't know who woke him up. We also don't know what other lanterns could have been affected by Parallax. Suddenly, Kyle Rayner and Ollie are snuck up on by the one who is responsible, Sinestro. Now, it's important to say that Kyle and Ollie don't really stand a chance against Sinestro. He is one of the greatest to have ever wielded the ring. They start fighting, and it is straight brutal. The battle is taking place on two fronts, though. In Coast City, the newly empowered Parallax, in the form of Hal Jordan, gets ready to battle Ganthet. And unfortunately for Ganthet, he gets back up in the form of Jon Stewart and Guy Gardner. Ganthet uses his power as a guardian to release Gardner and Stewart from Parallax's grasp. Ganthet used the same power on Kilowog, and that's why he was attacking Kyle earlier. Now, Parallax stands alone and joins the fight in the ashes of Coast City, are none other than the Justice League. Back on the Watchtower, Kyle Rayner and Sinestro are going toe-to-toe. As Kyle gets knocked out and bound by Sinestro, it seems like he's out of hope. Now, it's on Ollie. In one of the most amazing moments in this series, Ollie grabs his ring that Kyle had given him and recites what he remembers of the Green Lantern Oath. He then uses the ring to materialize an arrow, which he fires at Sinestro. Sinestro fires back at Ollie with a major blast, but Kyle was able to rescue Green Arrow. Ollie exhaustedly asks Kyle if that's what it's like every time they make constructs. Does it always take that much out of you? And Kyle responds with... Every time. Now, in Coast City, Hal begs the Spectre to fight on his behalf. Help him free himself from Parallax. In a crazy moment, the Spectre frees Hal's soul of Parallax and itself. Hal's soul floats around, but Parallax uses this freedom not to infect Hal, but to infect someone else entirely. Ganthet. In one last ditch effort to free Hal while fighting Parallax, Ganthet sends Hal's soul back into his old body. Now free from parallax, Hal wakes up and calls his ring from Ollie and back into his possession. He wakes up on the watchtower to Sinestro fighting Kyle and Ollie and warns him to get the hell away from them. Sinestro, in his fear, sends a crazy blast towards Hal that skips him across the surface of the moon. As Hal gets up, he smiles and thinks, That felt good. Sinestro flies toward him as they hurtle across space together. Hal sends a powerful beam towards Sinestro, and they battle in the asteroid belt surrounding Saturn. In a moment during battle, Kyle launches a surprise attack on Sinestro and brands onto his back the logo of the Green Lantern Corps. In one last moment, Sinestro and Hal go ring to ring, and Sinestro's ring shatters against Hal's. He disintegrates, but as he's leaving, he welcomes back Hal Jordan. Hal and Kyle have a moment that seems to be the passing of a torch. It's special, because Kyle isn't like the other Lanterns. He took over the title after Hal became Parallax, but Hal reassures Kyle that he just went toe-to-toe with Sinestro, and he defended someone that nobody else thought was redeemable. He has the ability, like all other Lanterns, to overcome great fear. Now that the problem in the Watchtower is resolved, they need to head back to Coast City. Ganthet has been infected with the power of Parallax. As all the lanterns prepare to take on Parallax, Batman stops Hal and says that as long as he's standing, Hal is not going to do anything. As Batman tries to stop him, Hal isn't going to let anything stand in his way. As Batman grabs Hal's shoulder in order to start a talking to, Hal punches Batman in the face. This is incredibly reminiscent of the moment in Justice League International when Batman punches Guy Gardner in the face. It's incredibly satisfying. Batman says Hal's as arrogant as ever, and as he and the League team up to take on Parallax, the first Green Lantern, Alan Scott, stops them. Hal knows what he's doing. Let the Corps handle this one. The Lanterns devise a plan to put Parallax back inside of the power battery. As they all implement the plan, it's important to note that Van Sciver's art is going off right now. No holds barred, it is just beautiful. Anyways, the plan works and they are able to hold off Parallax and put him back in the power battery as well as save Ganthet. They have a chat with Batman in which he decides that he has to be okay with Hal's return, and the story ends with Hal going back to Ollie to retrieve his lantern. Ollie tells Hal that he can never remember their stupid oath, but Hal tells Ollie this time that he'll never forget it. welcome back thanks glad to have me look at you you're (laughs) back and we've come so far since our first episode i know (laughs) We really have (laughs) everyone needs to know how how hard kyle and i have worked in or no everyone just needs to know that i find our first episode of this podcast unlistenable so i love it
1: it's my favorite episode so far
0: (laughs) but kyle's all of the Kyle's friends are like sad that he didn't get to be a part of a podcast or that that his podcast on like that and they didn't get to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. now so many of them are begging to be on.
1: Major FOMO.
0: <laughs> podcast FOMO. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle, um, cr- this week we read Green Lantern Rebirth. I guess initial question, what, what were your thoughts?
1: Dude, I actually didn't read it this week. It's not like it was this week's reading. I read it like a month ago. Well, for the anyway, people listening to
0: this podcast weekly, <laughs> it, this is this week's episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to perfectly date the podcast poorly, I read it a month ago, and I'm not telling you from when I read it a month ago.
0: Okay. That's fine. And then
1: You can cut this if you want.
0: No, I'm not going to. I'm <laughs> not. We just go for it, baby. Um, Kyle, actually, can you tell them why you read this?
1: I read this because I was trying to get into Green Lantern. And I didn't know much about him, and I wanted to read Jeff Johns' run of Green Lantern, and I was starting with issue number one, but I hadn't read Rebirth yet. And so I was completely confused at what was happening, and then you recommended I read Rebirth, which is why I read Rebirth, and it was fantastic.
0: Okay, Kyle, did it make sense of the Green Lantern universe to you, or did you even like have more questions?
1: I would say I had more questions, but they were more like little specific questions. But as far as everything you need to know to understand the story, it's all there. I think oh, they right? do. I think he does a good job of explaining it like, when you good. need to know things in the story.
0: Yeah. That's like really good because I find this story to be kind of like the, the journey of how Jordan is so like bogged down by nineties, like continuity. And personally, I love all the stories and all the continuity leading up to this story. So I'm like, all about it but I want to make sure you're all about it too
1: yeah and I I mean I had general knowledge of Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner and all the different Green Lanterns not all of them because there's like a million of them Mm -hmm. but all the main ones I have a general idea of them so that helped
0: so like then I guess formally the formal question how um approachable did you think the story was
1: I thought perfectly approachable I mean I don't really think you have to know more than he has a ring and a bunch of people are trying to help him, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole story is everyone trying to help Hal Jordan when he might not deserve it.
0: Yeah. And do you like Hal Jordan?
1: I wouldn't say he's my favorite Green Lantern.
0: Who's your favorite? Rayner. That is the correct answer. <laughs> I'm like, everyone on this podcast is so... Offended. All my listeners have like stopped listening, but oh my gosh, I am... I'm a huge Kyle Rayner fan. And like let me paint a picture of just some of Hal Jordan's like continuity stuff yeah. going ahead of this. So in the nineties there was the obviously he was the Green Lantern from the Silver Age, picking up after Golden Age Alan Scott, who oh my gosh, by the way, the Alan Scott like flame lantern stuff, everything mm-hmm. going on in the show and the support the support <laughs> that he showed how in the story was awesome yeah. i was like uh i love a good alan scott mm-hmm. you're also reading jsa right now yeah
1: i love that the jsa was in there oh i appreciated that
0: We'll we'll talk about it that in a second <laughs> but um alan, uh he was the silver age green lantern that obviously picked up and started the green lantern core idea and like space cop and like one of the heralds of the silver age of comics And so he was kind of their guy, and you you get Guy Gardner coming in, you Mm -hmm. get Jon Stewart coming in, but, like, towards the 90s, um, have you ever read The Death of Superman comics? I have not, no. So, Superman dies, and then there's four supermen, and one of them is Cyborg Superman. Do you know who that is? I do, yes. He is one of the best characters in DC, and he's one of my most underrated villains, so let me just say that right now. (laughs) Um, But... Cyborg Superman, pretty much, and Mongol team up, and they blow up Coast City right in the return of Superman. And so how Jordan loses his mind, and he literally uses his ring. He goes to the Guardians, and he's like, you need to, like, resurrect my city, my hometown. Like, Coast City is where he – Superman has Metropolis. Batman has Gotham. Flash has Central City. Coast City is Green Lantern's place. And he's like, you guys need to bring back – use your willpower to bring this back. And so – they said no, and he used his ring to like create a green city yeah. <laughs> like co city and pretty much he got infected with parallax and then he there's a whole there's this whole zero hour crisis in time mumbo jumbo where he becomes parallax and fights everyone in j l a and green Lantern has to like take him out and then um <laughs> this is a very brief <laughs> introduction, but pretty much the purpose of this story is to bring him back because then he becomes the specter and the spirit of vengeance Mm. and that's what's going on. And I'm like, I know all this because I've Mm -hmm. read all those stories, but I'm like bringing in a new reader to, I think a complicated, you know, green lanterns already complicated enough. Yeah. I'm like bringing new reader. I'm glad to hear, I guess that you had a good time with it.
1: Yeah. I had a blast. I mean, there's so much with the green lanterns and with Hal Jordan and, I know all of it's pretty confusing and it's still super confusing to me, but I don't think it hurts the story or the enjoyment of the story for, I mean, if you have any mini general knowledge of Green Lantern, I think it's super approachable.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally do too. And I think that each lantern kind of has their moment to shine. And I think actually Ethan Van Sciver's art and the way that he kind of displays each lantern and the way they use their, their constructs mm-hmm. is so interesting. Like I just love, cause Jon Stewart's an architect, like that's yeah. his career. The way that they made pretty much every shape that came out of his ring, like geometric was so cool.
1: Yeah. I love it. I, I love Kyle Rayner's too. Especially, he does a really good job.
0: Especially cause like he has that moment where, you know, he's thinking about what he's painting or like what he's mid, he's like correcting what he's doing mid job. Like yeah. as they're fighting parallax, which isn't like that. The way an artist's brain works, which I imagine it's never perfect, and that's what they say in the panel. I'm like, that's so cool.
1: There's a really good part where he's fighting Sinestro, and he shoots a bunch of like constructs of arrows at him, and he says, "Green Arrow says hello" because of their previous fight, and he got hurt, but he went off and fought Sinestro on his own, and he hits him with a bunch of arrows, and I thought that part was really clever.
0: Especially, you know, it's really cool. It's like those scars like it's it's the shape of a lantern that Mm -hmm. he makes in the back and so those scars like are permanently now in sinestro's back and it's like what those are so just a reminder yeah and like they they come up you know i mean like whatever and when he's not i guess wearing a shirt spoiler alert sinestro takes his clothes off sometimes but it's (laughs) just his shirt and you see the lantern scar in his back wow which is so cool so um did you have a favorite moment as you read this
1: yes i did if you don't mind i'd like to read part of it
0: i mean i suppose you can't read <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no I mean, reading comics the, on this podcast <laughs> yeah the,
1: the listeners can't see it but it's kind of hal jordan and kyle rayner i don't know if they're meeting for the very first time are they meeting for the very first time probably not okay well they have a moment after hal jordan wakes up and they kind of shake hands and hal jordan introduced himself and he introduced himself to kyle rayner And he says, basically, thank you for helping him. And there's a part where they have to go and fight another battle, even though they just fought a battle. And Kyle Rayner says to Hal Jordan, he says, you already know I'm not like the other lanterns, Jordan. I'm not. I'm not a guy that can overcome great fear or whatever. And then Hal Jordan says back to him, he says, fighting from one end of the universe to the other, risking your life to help someone who wrote who everyone else wrote off. Facing Sinestro one-on-one and living to talk about it, what do you think you've been doing, Kyle? Hiding under your drawing board? I love that part.
0: And I thought that was so important, too, because it shows that, like, number one, it was... Kyle never got that moment with Hal, Mm -hmm. ever, because Hal left in disgrace, you know what I mean? And um, Kyle picked up the torch after that, which also, to my fans, I highly, highly, highly recommend the Ron Mars and Daryl Banks Green Lantern Kyle Rayner series. One of my favorite series of all time. But going back to Kyle, um, it was a very cool moment that Kyle got because he's been living in Hal's shadow throughout his entire Green Lantern career.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's literally a moment just after that little joke that Hal makes and it just shows Kyle Rayner's face and he looks so happy and that this godlike figure in the green lantern corps known as Hal Jordan says such like a big compliment to him and says thank you and says he couldn't have done it without him basically so i love that part
0: yeah how people you know there's a big argument within the corps and who the best lantern is i think everyone will agree that the poster boy of the green lantern corps is Hal Jordan right. and that's kind of the point of the series mm-hmm. and so i think this one does a great job of showing that and so especially with um Kyle i love how Raynor, oh, he's so good and he he's a different lantern yeah. than the rest mm-hmm. you know um his strengths and same thing with i like how they actually you know who i lo- who i also love just freaking um john or guy gardner in the story yeah uh, the way they set him apart too from every each each lantern had their own tone
1: mm-hmm. they each got their time in the spotlight in each issue which is really cool yeah. It wasn't just a Hal Jordan story. It wasn't just a Kyle Rayner story. It was a Green Lantern story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, this is the first time DC had ever used the moniker of Rebirth. Really? Yeah, yeah. So this this came out, and it reinvented Green Lantern, obviously. And then a couple years later, they did – I think this is from 2006. Um, A couple years later, they did Flash Rebirth, which is really the influence on the movie and the show – I haven't seen the movie yet, but I can guarantee it is the influence. Um, and so because The Flash and the Green Lantern rebirth were so successful, they made the DC like universe rebirth and that, that we know and love. And so do you feel like this is like you can see the influence that this had on the medium?
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, bringing a character like Hal Jordan back and that setting off a whole series of of events known as Rebirth throughout the DC Universe. I think this story does a great job kickstarting it. And,
0: yeah. Yeah, same, same. My favorite moment, I think, was... uh, Tell
1: me your favorite moment, Cam. I'm
0: like, I gotta think about it. I knew it. Wait, let me see the book really quick. I'm like, guys, we have a reference copy of the book, so if you can hear pages turning, I always keep one with me. Here's some...
1: I brought my iPad, but Cameron kind of shoved his... Absolute edition in
0: my lap. <laughs> this absolute edition is so good. Oh my gosh, <laughs> totally I love cool it more
1: than my iPad.
0: You know, I think my I think some of the stuff in the story was actually incredibly unclear, but my favorite moment. Oh, I know, I know what it is. It's um, it actually leads into my next question. But my favorite moment was when, um, Hal had given Oliver Queen Green Arrow a ring. Mm -hmm. and green arrow uses it and like for the first time and he wills his arrow to go like prevent sinestro from hurting kyle like in that crazy fight that was the coolest thing in the world for me because i love hal jordan and i love his relationship with oliver queen and how they are so different i think they are like their relationship is one of the most interesting in comics in my opinion and so How giving Ollie a ring is incredibly appropriate. And Ollie, because they mentioned, and I totally agree, Ollie is a cynic. You know, he's a realist. He is not, (laughs) he's so pro-social justice that he doesn't believe in any of the systems in place. So he doesn't really, like, care about Will. And so him being able to, you know, use everything in his might to try and, (laughs) like, project something into this ring from a from an oath that he can't even remember. He does that to save Kyle and then he's like, oh my gosh. He like KOs Sinestro and he says to Kyle, I I that took so much out of me. Mm -hmm. Like, is it always like that? And Kyle looks at him and he says every time. Yeah. I'm like, oh that was so cool. Like
1: they make it look so easy every time they use it. So I like the moments where they're super Like serious about oh this takes so much energy out of them every single time they use it even for
0: the small stuff. Have you seen the first X Men movie? I haven't. It made me think of in the wait you haven't seen that? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, Kyle! Like, there's have you seen any of the other X Men movies?
1: I think I've seen X Men Origins Wolverine.
0: Stop! Oh, (laughs) he saw that movie and he gave up on the rest of the (laughs) franchise.
1: Watch it on FX like numerous times. It's all they played in like 2015.
0: Oh my goodness. We learned something today, and I understand why Kyle doesn't really know the X-Men then. There you go. (laughs) That's so funny. But um, in the X-Men movie, Rogue and Wolverine pretty much meet up, and that's like the beginning of the movie. And she sees him use his claws, and she asks, like, when they come out, does it hurt? And he says every time. And it makes me think of that. And then um but going back to Green Lantern, I thought that this actually also did a really great thing when they when they're talking about how everyone uses their ring, and we talked about Kyle, but how they describe like or I guess it's Hal narrating how everyone uses their ring. And so he's like just trying to do what needs to be done. John is very logistic in how he thinks about, you know, his constructs and every screw and like how he builds it is very specific and it's actually very correct which I thought was really cool. But then the way they talked about Guy Gardner, where he's he's like, his ring is like a leaky faucet. Mm -hmm. And it is just always like bursting to be, that will is just coming out no matter what. I thought that was so cool.
1: Yeah, he's a character I don't have pretty much any prior knowledge to, really. That is so funny. Out of all of them. I mean, Jon Stewart is a main character in a lot of the cartoons for Mm -hmm. Justice League. And then... And then Alan Scott, because I've been reading JSA. And then Kyle Rayner, for some reason, I know a lot about him. And But Guy Gardner is kind of the one.
0: That's because I, I make mean. you listen like listen to me rant about Kyle Rayner being the best one.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: I'm like, we need to read that. A lot oh. of
1: car conversations about Kyle Rayner. And I was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well,
0: Jay, well actually, <laughs> Kyle, you also listened to one of our favorite podcasts that I got you into, Geek History Lesson. That's and right. One, one of my favorite things about them, though, is that – They're, like, from, I guess, a very similar, like, school of comics that I'm from, which is, like, very pro-Tim Drake, very pro-Wally West, um, and then Kyle Rayner. Because that's, like, kind of when I started reading comics, that's what I was reading. And so I'm, like, all these characters are so cool. And I think Kyle's Green Lantern costumes are, especially in this story, better than anyone else's Green Lantern costume. Yeah, it it is is really good.
1: It's set apart. In my opinion, yeah,
0: yeah, and I'm like, wow, he got to design his own uniform because he's an artist, and that's what makes sense. And I'm like, that is so cool. And so, um, I really, I really have an admiration for him. And like, as I read his stories, it just feels like I'm a kid again, which is kind of what comics do, you know. Yeah. So that's why I like them because they're very pro. Uh, Kyle Rayner, go listen to another podcast. Go listen to everyone listening to this. Go listen to GHL afterwards.
1: Actually, yeah, <laughs> don't just skip over.
0: He, like pauses us, they're like already on now. <laughs> go listen to Geek History last night. They actually do an episode on Kyle Rayner, so he's awesome. And so I'm like big plug to all my legacy characters.
1: Were they were they main like were him and Wally or Kyle Rayner and Wally West were they like main Flash and Green Lantern in the 90s? Yeah, was like, that like their time?
0: Yeah, if if you guys go read the Grant Morrison, um, JLA run, which. Everyone wants to use the Jeff Johns JLA run, Mm -hmm. which obviously I love Jeff Johns. I'm like, there are better runs on that series. And if you read the Grant Morrison, Howard Porter run from the 90s, it is the pinnacle. I think you want to course correct the DC universe. Go, go do Rock of Ages. They're doing Flashpoint, which is like, cool. That's my assumption. It's my guess. They're going to use Flashpoint. But if you guys go look at Rock of Ages, it makes so, so much sense. And so, um, yeah, no, it's Wally because Flash Barry had been dead. He wasn't like rebirthed yet, and same with Hal. He was the Spectre. So those are the two, and they're just like two kids. Cause Wally's fresh out of the Teen Titans, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm a I'm a nineties baby, not a nineties kid. I was born in nineteen ninety eight, but I've gotten a chance to like read a bunch of nineties comics and a bunch of two thousands comics and a bunch of current comics, but the ones that stand out to me the most are the nineties comics. And I, for some reason, I don't know if that's because they're actually better or if that's just my personal taste, but I like, I like JLA by Grant Morrison. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was one of the first books you recommended to me.
0: I'm like, if, cause also like, I don't know. That's what I was reading when I was like trying to understand like comics. So it's like, I'm very much from the school of like Chuck Dixon, Batman. And it, I'm sure if you guys are listening to this, you'll see in the future coming weeks I'm doing uh, Batgirl Year One with Hannah, who's already been on the podcast. But um, I'm just very much from that school of comics, so yeah. I want to keep. I don't know because that's that's what I read when I was a kid. I'm like, those are great Tim Drake Robin years, great Nightwing stuff going on, and so the OG JLA where Aquaman has the harpoon hand and right. like yeah. Rayner and wally i'm just like ooh, it's such a great like cohesive team and it was very like core seven and uh even some of the best stuff we've ever seen like i'd argue one of the best batman moments of all time is in grant morrison's first arc where he introduces the white martians and they take out the entire jla and yeah. batman's left there and he's like i know who you are and they're like what and they're like he's just a human we can be we can totally beat him and batman smokes all those white martians <laughs> you know so um
1: Kyle Rainer is his white costume in that, right? Or it's, it's a like partially w- partially white? Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a black and white costume, but man, like we said, I I like that costume a lot. Yeah. I want to get that on a surfboard, that his logo, it's like black and white. I'm like it's so cool. Dad, your collection here. I have for those who don't know, I have a lot of comic book themed surfboards.
1: Yeah, he's serious about this stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cameron the podcast has now changed and Cameron is serious about comics <laughs> um, he doesn't
1: just read them he's very serious about him
0: did you have a favorite character in the story
1: I I mean my favorite part was with Kyle Rayner and I I think Kyle Rayner in the story like doesn't know how all that well but just knows of him and knows a lot about him and knows he kind of looks up to him even though he didn't have a lot of uh, time with him or I don't know if he did or not but before this story but I think just him his arc throughout the whole story was probably my favorite and how he just worked his butt off the whole story to help everyone and everyone else was kind of caught up in their own little things but he was kind of the one who was pushing it along and going straight through and If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, I don't know. Kyle's very noble and he, I think he, throughout his run, which makes him a character that we empathize with, he's someone who's like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. So seeing him like struggle in, you know, he's living in Hal's shadow eternally in his run and just like who he is as a lantern. So when Hal's coming back, like he has faith and trust in this guy that, you know, he's only frankly like heard about and fought because he fought him at zero hour it's like and even at the beginning of his run but that's weird craziness anyways um yeah no i feel you kyle
1: him him or or oliver queen green arrow i i mean their interactions the whole time getting to see oliver's seriousness and relationship with how and how emotional he is about how and everything that happened with them prior to the story I think seeing the emotion on each page that Oliver Queen is in struck me as well.
0: Yeah, no, I Ollie was my favorite character in this because I'm I'm just a huge fan of like Easter eggs. Yeah. And I love, love, love. When I actually if you guys I've a very it's very hard for me to come up with my favorite comics of all time because like it's there's I read a lot and like it's really kind of subject too to, many. to the writer and like you know I'm I'm really on a huge Thor kick right now, but I'm like, because Jason Aaron wrote an amazing Thor run. And I'm like, Donny Gates run on Thor is so good right now. I'm like, I like characters that are being written. Well, so yeah. I'm like, it's, it's kind of hard to have a favorite. Cause I'm just like, wow. Like if you're being written well, then I like you, you know, and I want to be able to understand these characters and why they do what they do. And so seeing Ollie, who has been a significant portion of Hal's life and, um, If you guys I highly going back to my favorite issues, one of my favorite issues of all time is in the run of Hard Traveling Heroes, which is the Green Arrow, Green Lantern series by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Because they're they're so different. They're such different characters and the way they interact is so interesting, but they are best friends, you know? They they are they're at each other's throats, but they're very close. And so Seeing that happen in this story, I'm just like, oh, of course, there's nobody else mm-hmm. but Green Arrow. And actually, spoilers, I guess, for a zero hour, but Ollie's pretty much the one that kills Hal. He puts an arrow through his chest at the very end. And, you know, because they've had so many adventures together, that's just a gut punch to everyone. So seeing Ollie in this, he's my favorite.
1: Yeah.
0: He's, um, he's the way he's written too in this, I just thought is excellent. Um, how did you? How did you feel about this as like an introduction to, a, I guess, like a ten year run on Green Lantern? Well,
1: I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. I I've only read, I think, the first three issues of Geoff Johns' run after Rebirth, uh, but I mean, it's I think it's a perfect setup, and I think it's it jumps right in perfectly. i I mean, there's not a lot of stories where a writer will just have a first book like this and then jump into such a long run unless you have any that you can think of.
0: There's a few, but like, imagine I imagine
1: it being a very difficult task.
0: It is, it is. And like, like, I don't know. I obviously, I already said earlier that Ron Mars, Daryl Banks, Green Lantern run with Kyle Rayner is amazing. And I'm sure Jeff Johns felt some pressure on this, but I felt that this was such a great introduction to this character. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Wow. I was just so caught off guard because sometimes, like, writers need to kind of warm up to a character. Like, if you read uh, Fantastic Four by Mark Wade, I think that's a great example of, like, he kind of didn't understand these characters. And then as he was writing and spending time with them and getting to know them, like, that run got significantly better. And so I think something like this, to come out of the bat and understand these characters so well, I, I was just so surprised.
1: Was this the first time he wrote Green Lantern? I think so. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's awesome.
0: Green lantern proper. And then like literally he comes out like firing, you know, he, he under, and he understands the entire mythos. He understands every character and the characterization in this book of obviously we, we in on each individual lantern was so well done. Um, so I was like, I was just so surprised. And so I think this is a surprisingly great introduction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great jumping on point. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And, did you like like picking up I guess from the rest of the series? Did you like that going in after reading this?
1: Like uh reading the full Jeff John's run or Yeah, like yeah. like
0: now starting Green Lantern number 1 proper.
1: Oh yeah, you kind of have to read this before. I realized I was I think the first issue of the like the full run is like him sitting on is Hal Jordan sitting on his like balcony looking at a destroyed coast city. And I'm like okay (laughs) and then they kind of he kind of doesn't really explain what happened it's kind of just the assumption that this all took place before but i think i i texted you as i was reading that first issue and you were like have you read this and i was like no (laughs) and you were like okay stop what you're doing go read this and i read it i mean i think in a day or two yeah and then jumped right back in and i was like Oh, there you go. (laughs) That makes sense.
0: That makes way more sense now. Um, yeah, no, I, that, that's unclear, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it would have said in the issue, but I was like, oh. That's how much of a nerd for continuity I am. I'm just like, oh, no, read this before.
1: Like, like seriously, go read this before. <laughs>
0: I'm like, people think because the issue has a number one, they can just start there. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. no.
1: <laughs> it doesn't work like half the time.
0: Exactly. Like, yeah. And so I know that's why I'm a big nerd about it, though. And that's why I kind of have this outlet that I can just talk about continuity and blah, blah, blah. And so um, it's actually so funny just hear from a from an editing point or, like, what kind of episodes I'm going to do because I do want to make this content accessible to everyone. But I do a lot of image comics because I'm like, here, oh, you've never read a single comic and you don't want to be weighed down by, you know, at this point we're celebrating the 80th anniversary of Green Lantern. Right. I'm like, oh. There's so much there. Let's. I'm like, okay. So as I, you know, Kyle's been reading comics for a couple of years now, which is one of the trophies of my life. <laughs> but I'm like – um, I want to be able to give something okay, here's the first time you're meeting these characters. you don't need to know anything else, and so it's hard to do with something like this. I couldn't give this to anyone. you right. know I don't feel that way that I could so um, I give a lot of image comics because I'm just like, oh, creator owned number one series. these are your original characters. You can do whatever you want with them, and we're just on the journey, so
1: yeah, you don't need to know any type of continuity for for why the last man or or Saga or any any stuff like that, which is one of their main, like, things that are awesome about those comics.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and also, if you guys are hearing this ding, that, that's my email. So I'm getting emails while we do this.
1: <laughs> He's so famous.
0: <laughs> I'm like, someone gave me a high five on Strava. So I'm recently on Strava, by the way. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm like, hey, there, there we go. How do you figure out my next question to you? How would you like the
1: art of the story? Oh, it, was, it was perfect. It wasn't something that I – and maybe this is like a hot take, but with Grant Morrison's current Green Lantern run, mm-hmm. I kind of feel – uh, what's the word? Uh, stressed out when I'm looking at like each page because there's so many things happening yeah. on just one page where – it kind of takes my eye into a hundred different directions. And maybe that's just my brain working in, in those pages. So I'm sure plenty of people are like, Oh, that's how you read that page. But I mean this, it's so easy to follow. Um, I thought the art's beautiful. I thought parallax looks beautiful. I thought Sinestro looks really cool. Each green lantern suit I thought is fantastic. So I give the art a big thumbs up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, we'll address that Ethan Van Skyver is a controversial artist and that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But, um, you can't doubt that his art in this, in this book. And he does a, he does a couple of issues before on the series. He gets replaced by, um, Ivan or it's Ivan Rice or Yvonne Reese. Um, and he, that guy, they're both just amazing artists. And so I think, I don't know if this could have been done as well. And like, the detail that he puts into the constructs, I'm just like, it's so beautiful. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I feel like Green Lanterns, like the storylines of Green Lanterns get a lot of really good artists on them.
0: Well, I think that's, you can kind of, if you're an artist, you can go all out on this thing. Yeah. And like, actually, I think this initiated one of the things I love about a Green Lantern story is that... um they project their logo in the construct. Like if you look at the back of the, for those that have it, the absolute <laughs> edition, um, he has his Green Lantern logo on his chest, but then as he's using his ring, it, there's like a glowing Green Lantern logo like outside of it. I just think that looks so cool.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: It's just really cool how they can go all out. And as they're using more of their power, like you'll see, um, I think John's has like three because he's using so much like, Oh wow. Green Lantern's might or whatever. Um, so I just thought that was so cool. I love the art in this book and it's, it's so detailed. His like line work is insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back to it, each Green Lantern's costume just looks so good and Green Arrow looks fantastic too. That's probably my favorite look of Green Arrow, like the short hair and then his, his like handlebar mustache that looks perfect in every battle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very reminiscent of Neil Adams, but it's so distinct to itself too. Oh wait, Kyle is on the big splash page. I don't know what issue it is, but it is, um, it's pretty much when the whole JLA comes to fight Parallax and they're not alone. Kyle, you know, what's crazy I noticed about this page is that it is, it's not like the entire JLA. It is the JSA. It -hmm. is the Teen Titans and it is like Superman, Batman. I'm sure Wonder Woman's in there somewhere. But, um, with this, you know, what's crazy about this? Is that Jeff Johns, who had currently been writing JSA and Teen Titans, put pretty much all these characters that he's writing at this scene. Man.
1: That's too good. You guys need to need to look at this page.
0: Well I'll post it. I'll post that as the as the page for uh
1: Yeah, go follow Cameron Reed's comics on everything. On is Instagram. That, is that your yeah. name on everything? On Instagram, yeah. On Instagram.
0: I have no other outlets for you guys, so to follow. <laughs>
1: um cowabunga cam wait is it cowabunga boy or cowabunga cam
0: cowabunga boy on twitter but come on I try twitter's popping i try not to blow that up <laughs> <laughs> no. i'm like i don't know
1: well you just did
0: i'm like you just did now you
1: have millions of followers
0: <laughs> i'm like thank you for all <laughs> all of my followers um okay so i guess we're winding down i got one more question for you kyle shoot it my last question for you is what would you rate this story out of 10
1: I would give this story a solid 8.
0: A solid 8? Okay. Yeah. Why?
1: Well, I loved it. And I think the cohesive story, like all six issues, um, and how well it was all tied together and the pacing of it, I thought gave it all the way up to an 8. The only reason why I wouldn't give it a 10 was, I think, because of the continuity you need to know and the 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 initial difficulty it might give a new reader where kind of the comics I give 10s are the ones where you could pick it up at any time without a bunch of prior knowledge and completely enjoy it but i think if i didn't have the prior knowledge to green lantern beforehand i don't think i would have really really enjoyed it the whole, as much as i did
0: yeah no i think i'd i'd give I don't know if I'd give it an eight. I don't know. Uh, my score of 10, I'll just give it a 7.5. <laughs> I'm like, far enough away, but also... I don't know, yeah, because there's times in this moment, like, there's a, that whole parallax moment where, like, at the end of the issue, you see how Jordan's body is parallax, and then, literally, like, two pages later, it's him, he's back. And I'm like, what?
1: I had no idea. You know, this was the first time I saw what parallax looks like? <laughs> like, is that what he always looks like? Um, this giant...
0: Yellow monster? Giant yellow dragon thing. Yeah. One of the biggest critiques on the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds is that Parallax was a big cloud. (laughs) And so...
1: Dang. I was kind of hoping we went the whole podcast without mentioning that
0: movie. I'm like, well...
1: I mean, Ryan Reynolds is cool. He's like... And Blake Lively, I mean, they're married now.
0: When I think about... Exactly. Um, When I think about, like who I would cast is Hal Jordan, I really... Ryan Reynolds is so good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a perfect casting.
0: You know, if you could recast, who would you do as, do you know off the top of your head?
1: Someone to, who's, like, more of
0: a jerk. You want like more more arrogant. More, more of, like, a tool. I like that Hal Jordan, frankly, like, you heard it here first, I like how that Hal Jordan is a tool. I think he's just so distinct from every other, like, character, you know?
1: How annoying would it have been if they chose, like, Tom Cruise?
0: I think they will choose Tom Cruise. As of,
1: Out of, like, a already-got-pilot experience. <laughs> Top oh, my,
0: he's going... <laughs> Tom Cruise is going to go into outer space.
1: Oh, for his next movie, right? Yes. That's pretty cool.
0: So that's very cosmic. He deserves it at this point. <laughs> he's like, okay, guys, I'm a pilot. I've been to space. I'm Maybe Green it's a
1: Green Lantern, to Lantern
0: movie. It is. Oh, my gosh. They're filming Green Lantern actually in space.
1: They're going to Oa. Is that his planet? Yes. Look oh, at you.
0: Yeah. I'm smart. You are smart. <laughs> um, I like I like Green Lantern. Um, I think you know here who I just love, who I actually really think could do the arrogance thing, Jake Hall. Hmm. I would. I'm. I want to speak yeah, that could. into the universe.
1: He could be mean. Have you seen? There's been like interviews with him and Tom Holland where he kind of acts as like a mean big brother
0: type thing. Good.
1: So he's already got that under his belt, and I'm sure he's not like perfect all the time
0: tom i could be wrong he's too (laughs) happy-go-lucky for me so i'm like all right you're you're a little roughed up by jake gyllenhaal mysterio good jk
1: i will say to the going back to like my rating i think something that brought it up to an eight for me was there's like it was really difficult for me to pick a favorite moment because i think there's there's a lot of really good moments in this Mm -hmm. in this story I mean going back to what your favorite moment was with with Oliver Queen. Um and then I mean the the initial moment when he wakes up out of his coffin. But
0: yeah. Actually wait, I have I have one more question for you. Shoot. How did you feel about the depiction of Batman in this story?
1: Oh, how he towards the end is kind of like yeah, how he is kind of being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the right depiction of Batman. I think he should be always the one that's going against the... Is it the grain or grade? Grain. Grain, yeah. And how he's he's always the one who is questioning it. And is Hal Jordan still... I mean, Parallax, they don't really know. And is he still... Is he trustworthy? Still, and he's kind of the only one who's like questioning it. And I think that's why Batman's such a good character is that he's he's questioning constantly everyone's motive, even Superman, who is flawless, even Wonder Woman. He's always questioning because he has everyone's safety as first priority.
0: Yeah. You know, I I think I agree, too. I don't think that Batman should be seen as likable by the other characters. Totally. And, And I think they did that well here. But I also really, really, really loved that how they talked about wh- why he feels the way he does about the Green Lanterns. Because they – like Hal said, what's Batman without fear? Nothing. Right. Like he, Or he's just a man. And I was like, that is so true. And that's so true to who Batman is. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that worked on so many levels. So I really liked his depiction. And did you know – OK, here's a fun piece of trivia. So Hal punches Batman in the face. In this story, mm-hmm. um but okay. So in Justice League International, which I think is it's James matthias and Keith Giffen, I think it it's also Kevin mcguire Those are the three names that go with J- Justice League International, in my opinion. So Guy Gardner at the time is the current Green Lantern, and he is on that team, and he tell he tells everyone in the group that he's like, I'm going to be the team leader. It's me. And everyone just kind of listens to everything Batman says because Batman's also on the team. And Guy Gardner hates Batman for this reason. He's like, oh my gosh, like, why do we all decide that he's going to be the leader? Like, I want to be the leader or whatever. And Batman's like, okay, like, whatever. And they get under each other's skin. And on the fifth issue of that series, Guy Gardner, like, has it with Batman. He's so over it. And so what happens is he he pretty much gets in a fight with Batman. He's like, okay. He walks up to him, Batman Batman's like, you want to find me? I'm right here, right now. Batman KOs the fool in one punch. <laughs> and so when Hal punches um, Batman in the face, you'll hear Guy in the story be like, you know, I've always liked you, Hal. <laughs> and it's, he's like, yes, that was awesome. Like You see Guy celebrating because of that past relationship with Batman Dang. and Batman's relationships with the Green Lanterns. I thought that was so well done.
1: How many people, do, when they read that, like when it was coming out, do you think they – they thought of that moment in Justice League International.
0: Honestly, I think I think the DC like hardcore fans like me, I'm like I think mean, they know. That's a fun easter mm-hmm. egg and like it's a very like n- known part of DC lore. So
1: That's the run where like
0: Booster Gold is kind of the leader, right? That's like Booster Gold and like Ted Ted Cord Blue Beetle become mm-hmm. best friends. It's all in that run Shazam's on the team and I love Shazam, so all the above. Like, it's a great series. I haven't read it all. I don't think I've read those five issues. But mm-hmm. um, I'm going to pick up that omnibus So at some point in the future. Yeah. All Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We obviously <laughs> really enjoyed our time together. So you will be back. And actually, everyone, stick around for next week's episode when we have Kyle's girlfriend, Ooh. Sav, on to read her first comic, Captain America, Man Out of Time. Kyle, any anticipation on how that episode's going to go?
1: I mean, she is much better at speaking and public speaking than I am. Uh, Just so you guys know, she was eighth grade president Mm -hmm. in middle school. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a famous person on your podcast. I got a high profile guest (laughs) right (laughs) now. But yeah, she'll be much more fun than me.
0: (laughs) That's not true. I'm going to refer to her as your... Your majesty? I don't know how you'd refer to a female president. I mean, like, your highness? Queen? Mm. Queen Sav? Madame president of eighth grade. I'm like, dang.
1: You could always just refer to her, like, as Kyle's girlfriend.
0: I'm going to wear a <laughs> collared shirt. Dang. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the president of greatness. So, thank you, Kyle. Remember, follow us on Instagram, at Comics. Maybe on Twitter. Not going to repeat my handle. Um, Kyle, is there anywhere you want them to find you?
1: Uh, no, thank you. It's okay.
0: Okay. Kyle lives (laughs) the incognito life. So be back next week to read Captain America out of time. We will see you guys later.